Hi, my name is Judith, also known as Jay. And I'm Elizabeth, but you can call me Bleggy. And we are The Fit, the podcast where we talk about developments in fashion tech and innovation in retail. We also take you on our journey as we build eFitter, a tech company focused on personalising the shopping experience for the modern woman. To keep up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe to The Fit Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would also like to keep you posted on all things eFitter, so do follow us on socials at eFitter app and join the conversation using the hashtag TheFitPod. This is our 60 second roundup where we try to summarise what is going on in the world of fashion and tech in 60 seconds. H&M Group have just launched Treadler, a B2B service which will enable smaller fashion companies to take advantage of their expansive global supply chain and encourage sustainable fashion practices. At present, it isn't entirely clear how pricing will work, but it appears that they are adopting a consultancy model. Very are launching a sizing feature that will allow customers to see what different outfits will look like on size 8, 14 and 18 models. The idea is to improve the customer experience and give customers more of an idea of how clothes will fit them, therefore reducing returns due to poor fit. With sustainability on the forefront of many fashion brands' minds, circular fashion is the direction a lot of brands are moving towards. According to Elle, circular fashion is a rerouting of the traditional cradle-to-grave journey for pieces of clothing, shoes and accessories. In short, this means giving clothing a new lease of life through recycling and rewearing. By Rotation's peer-to-peer clothing rental system is a perfect example of a business that is built to encourage people to share their designer clothes and reduce their impact on the environment. On this episode of The Fit, we sit down over a cup of tea with Eshita Cabra-Davies, founder and CEO of By Rotation, to discuss sustainability, rental and fashion, and how culture impacts the direction of a business. As we heard in the 60 second roundup, um, a lot of these brands are moving into the rental space. So. Um, H&M is notably the latest one to make the dive and they're they're trialling a three-month rental period. So we would just kind of want to get a feel for by rotation and how it all came about. So maybe just a bit of an explanation of what it is and how it sits into that industry. Yeah, um, so how it came about, um, it's kind of, it came about from a very first world problem. You know, I was planning my honeymoon um, on a spreadsheet, as you do. Um, You know, writing down sort of all the... um, different hotels we were staying at, the different cities we were going to. And obviously I turned to Instagram for all the places to eat at, to, you know, take nice photos at, um, and, you know, also plan my outfits. When I was planning my outfits, I saw all these, you know, um, people on Instagram wearing beautiful outfits, beautiful dresses that you never saw again on their Instagram feed. Mm. And that kind of made me wonder, like, where are these clothes going? And, okay, they might be influencers, so they get them for free. Uh, but sometimes it's never noted. Mm-hmm. And what if someone, just a regular person like me, not a media personality, wants to also have access to high quality clothing, but not contributing the problem to the problem of overconsumption? Um, and that's when I started looking into fashion rental mm-hmm. and the lack of options in the UK. Uh, I obviously looked at Rent the Runway, White Closet in China, Panoply in France. Um, and in the UK, all of the you know all these sort of rental companies were mostly inventory based, mm-hmm. and they were seen quite dated in terms of their stock as well. And I was thinking, no, I just I just want to wear that girl's in the photo. I want to wear that girl's dress. Uh, and that's when I started thinking about a peer to peer model. So very much like you know Airbnb, the sharing economy essentially. You don't have a background in fashion. No. How what was the journey like in terms of starting the business? Uh, yeah, so, you know, when I sort of came up with my market research while planning the honeymoon, like on a different tab on the spreadsheet, 
um, I was thinking more and more about it. I started sort of asking my friend's circle, uh, my parents, my friends and family, you know, everyone really, and asking their friends of friends uh, if they would be fine sort of loaning their items to strangers and again borrowing theirs. And everyone seemed quite negative about it. Mm. Um, so I went on my honeymoon, which was to my motherland, uh, India, which I hadn't been to for more than 14 years. And, you know, I brought my husband, who's, who's not Indian, along with me. And we were very troubled by seeing a lot of textile waste all around India. You know, we were joking then, but there was like a garbage pig, you know, a mm. pig eating garbage. But honestly, it was, it was horrible. And it was a lot of textile waste, um, a lot of which is produced in India, in Rajasthan, where I'm from. Mm. And also being sent back to the landfills in India. And I just kind of felt like all of that seemed very wrong. And I was part of the problem. So what was a very first world problem for me is actually a problem that was affecting the so-called third world countries. Mm -hmm. And that just didn't seem fair at all. So I decided to come up with, you know, by rotation. And I asked, you know, some of my really good friends who kicked it off with me to pull in their clothing together. And we created a test platform, um, I guess, within a matter of four days. Oh, wow. Um, It was very quick. It was very Mm -hmm. ugly, but it was very functional. That's amazing. Four days. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. So we were doing this, you know, alongside my full-time job. Um, mm. And it was, you know, everything in the evenings, everything mm. on the weekends. Uh, you know, with my friends, I'd be like, guys, can we meet over the weekend and take some photos together? Um, it was very important for us not to use um, photographs that were already on, on Instagram. Mm. You know, like the inspiration, inspo photos yeah, yeah. or photos of influencers mm. and just reposting them. Uh, it was very important for us to actually show real people and the, the real yeah. items yeah. that were actually on loan. Mm-hmm. So we were very particular since day one about taking photos ourselves, uh, even if it was on iPhone. In terms of our business, it's more looking at tech solutions. Okay. So um, kind of selling software to fashion companies to yeah. solve their big picture problems. And I think the thing that struck, struck me was when you said that it took four days to build, even though it was like an ugly beta version, like you, it took you four days to build that. How? Uh, James is actually a trained computer scientist, my, my, my husband, so um, and he's an advisor and he works at McKinsey and Company, oh, wow. so he's very much in the strategy, vision yeah. and the technology of our company, uh, which is really the main thing for us, the tech side of things, yes. because by rotation is an app, I mean, we, we could be renting out bicycles on there, we could be renting out dogs on there if things don't work out on the fashion side of things. So we've really built an app that's really connecting lenders and renters with each other. It could be anything really. Um, So as for how we did that within four days, I mean, you know, just just have a look, but you'll find a lot of white label solutions. And that's what we did really. Um, And we kind of, I mean, our thing was like, there's definitely momentum here. We're not gonna lose it, even if we're the ugly duckling, Mm. you know? Um, and the way that we've sort of built our tech as well has been very much based on MVP. Uh, and, you know, we keep adding things. So it's very modular. It's like we have the main skeleton and we keep adding features on uh, rather than like, here you go. This is the yeah, perfect website or app. And uh, it's so beautiful that you have to write about us. So I, I know that the fashion industry can be quite judgmental about, you know, what things look like in the beginning. But, um, and, and I was a bit worried about that as well in the beginning, but now I've kind of, I've seen actually that it makes complete and total sense mm. to start with a very lean app and then add things on. So how did you decide, okay, I want to make this purely an app mm-hmm. and like, how did that work considering that you were working full time mm-hmm. at the time of conception? Yeah. So actually when we did the test platform, that was again, a very ugly beta test <laughs> yeah. website, uh, just very functional. Mm-hmm. 
And from that, we monitored the analytics, um, how it was being used. And most people were using, so about more than 60% were using the, um, the, the, the website the, on their mobile. Mm-hmm. And it was very functional, the mobile as mm-hmm. well, but it wasn't that great. And people didn't really reply to their notifications through email when they got a rental request. So we very quickly, um, and obviously, you know, with the tech support that I get from my husband, who's also our tech advisor, uh, we very quickly decided that the app was the way to go. And I mean, if you if you take a look at many retailers like, um, you know, be it um, Zara or Net-A-Porter or Outnet or Vestia Collective, Mm -hmm. they're actually giving you additional discounts to if you use use it, if you use the app. And, you know, if you think about that, there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. Right. They want to get you using them on on the go all the time anytime right yeah, yeah. when you're looking at your whatsapp notifications they want to send you an alert that mm. new items on yeah. you know whatever and, exactly um, yeah so i mean it, it's kind of wanting to wanting to ensure that the customer engages with us more regularly rather than the one time that they're going to a party in the month so uh, you know we do really want people to be using by rotation almost every day you know um it's, it's not meant to be just for new year's eve or your christmas holiday it's meant to be a community and obviously we looked at a lot of um different apps that we really admire yeah. such as vestia collective and depop you know airbnb beauty stack i mean these are all the kind of apps that we looked at and we saw how they were working and i mean depop's a great example of just being app only mm-hmm. and actually funnily enough um because I know the, the team quite well. And funnily enough, they actually didn't even have an Android version. That's so frustrating. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> we actually built the app um, so that it's since day one, we've had, well, not we had the Android version launched two weeks later, but we built it um, on, on such a platform that you could have both. both okay. um, and I think Depop didn't do that back yeah. in the day, but we've been very clear that we want to include everyone. Um, so it's not a matter of if yeah, you're an you're Apple not. user <laughs> yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Um, so the app, so you know, the tech is, has been very important to us, and um, obviously the app is more expensive to develop than a website. Definitely. So yeah. we've spent more investment in our tech side because at the end of the day, we are a tech company, and we take our tech very seriously. So we have new features being added onto the app. I would say every other day. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, sometimes it's some, it's not even things you would be notified yeah. about because it'd be so irritating. So little, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. you know, we we see how people. You know, even even like when a button is changed, we see differences between that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of monitor how the users are using the app. You opting for the peer-to-peer model versus the inventory-based model. Would you say that that was purely because of sustainability or because you wanted to create that community feel within your market? Yeah, so, um, so actually I've got a sister who lives in New York and I was there twice this year with my work. I was, work- I was previously working at an American hedge fund. And um, what happened was when I went there, I trialed Rent the Runway. So my sister's a big subscriber of it. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed when I went into, I think there's like a store. I don't know if you call it a store or like a collection and drop-off point in New York. And it was really interesting where it was very high tech in that you didn't have to talk to anyone when you went into the store. You just drop off whatever you wore that week or the past few days. Mm-hmm. And you just picked up whatever you booked online wow. or through the app. And no one really cared about each other. It just seemed like a cheaper way to dress in designer clothing. And often this designer clothing was very out of season and, you know, dead stock, really, um, of the brands. And I just kind of felt like there was no, there was no connection, there was no communication. And 
that's not what I wanted. I wanted by rotation to be very much a community uh, of people who are becoming more and more conscious of their consumption. Um, obviously, the price point is a winning factor to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. But we've really very much noticed the people who came onto the app came in, you know, thinking, oh, I can get some bargain des- designer items for rent. But they've also begun to be like, oh, it just kind of makes sense. And I don't, I don't want more things. I already have a lot of things. Mm. So that's why people have become more and more aware of it. So in terms of building that community, um, so you run offline community events every so often. Um, I guess my question to you is, how did building the community complement launching the business? Did it come before or after? And what is your vision for the community? Um, so when we actually announced um, by rotation to my friends and a few of friends of friends, we actually hosted a community event, our first ever event, oh, wow. um, in my apartment, where oh, we are at the moment. Um, you know, we, we sort of, everything was done from the community's resources. You know, friends pulled in their clothes and I bought rails from Ikea, which I still use. Um, and, you know, I just put them around my apartment and we just invited people to come over for some cheese and like some, you know, Prosecco. Um, one day I'll be champagne. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very much like just come over and uh, we want to tell you something. And um, So that was the beginning of the community uh, aspect that I always wanted for by rotation. And since then, we've run about four different community events and a panel event. And going forward in the new year, um, we're going to be doing a lot more panel events uh, with different themes, uh, all sort of relating either to entrepreneurship or fashion and sustainability within fashion, um, and also sort of um, moving and doing our community events in different parts of the UK. Amazing. So you're quite fortunate then in that your community were homegrown and that you, it looks like your friends are your audience, your friends are the people who would be the bi-rotation customer. So in terms of that, did that was that any easier in terms of targeting your market? Um, and what was your strategy? So how did you reach out to the people who weren't your friends? Uh, yeah, so again, I mean, I kind of built by rotation with the problem that I had for myself. So I do really actually think that I am the by rotation customer. Uh, I'm both on the renter and the lender side, and I love it. And um, obviously, like, you know, using my friend circle as our beginning um, customer clientele was very useful. But since then, we've um, you know made some great strides in uh, on the marketing front. But again, you know we haven't really spent any money on our marketing budget until very recently, until recent, sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we just had sort of an influencer campaign that we ran uh, with five different influencers whom we like to think that we picked everyone who um, you know who did something very different and brought something different to the table. Uh, because diversity is very important to us and being inclusive and kind of making everyone feel like they can also be part of by rotation that's always been something very important to me so um, our marketing's been very very organic word of mouth you know uh, people who've rented or lent something are very excited and happy about it and they tell their friend circle Um, and yeah and it's been the ad hoc instagram ads as well but um, yeah i mean we've definitely got plans for the new year ahead but it's very much to sort of um, be global. You know, at some point we do want to be a global app, but we want to have local communities. At the beginning of the company you're working full time, um, was it bootstrapped at launch? Mm-hmm. And going forward, um, have you gone ahead and raised any funding? And if so, what's the experience like, or what's your vision like um, going forward in terms of raising funding for the company? 
so we so we were bootstrapping definitely in the beginning I would say um, you know I was working full time and I was paying my salary mm-hmm. for freelancers salary um, which was pretty funny now I've obviously left my job and I'm not paying myself a salary so we're in a different mm-hmm. boat uh, we have raised pre-seed and um, going forward I mean we are speaking to a few people uh, but I would say I'm being quite specific about the people I'm talking to. Um, we're not really looking for funding just for the sake of cash flow. We're actually looking for funding from experts who bring okay. something to the table. Um, and equally, obviously, we do get approached quite often from VCs and from angels about wanting to invest. But um, we're kind of at a place where we do want to keep things quite controlled because uh, we're trying to get our brand very well-defined before anyone else comes in and sort of gives in their own opinions on it. And on that note, so um, I guess on a similar note, we'll be looking at the team that is built around by rotation. So you mentioned that you've got a lot of freelancers on the team. Um, In terms of permanent staff, have you got any yet? And if so, um, what's the journey been like for hiring? Yeah, it's me. I'm the (laughs) the only permanent staff at the moment. Oh, wow. And and that's been just um, as of two months now. So what, what drove your decision to go with freelancers as opposed to hiring people full time? I actually met someone who, um, I was just meeting this person in a very like, oh, I'd love for you to trial the app. Oh, sorry, with the platform, it was still a test platform back then. I'd love for you to trial it. And, um, you know, she ended up saying, well, actually, I kind of thought maybe I'd work for you freelance. Oh, and wow. I thought, okay, this has suddenly become like a job interview. Yeah. It was just meant to be like a fun meeting. Um, and you know that was our sort of first addition to our team outside me and my friends and family Um, and you know that that was Jill who came from EcoAge and I actually saw the benefit in having freelancers because they have other clients as well that we can collaborate with and I actually find that to be very very useful when you're a young company when you don't really I mean especially because I don't have any connections in fashion Mm -hmm. or uh, beauty or you know the media industry it's so important for me that my team can bring those connections. And often that happens when they're working for other clients as well. Um, so I actually find that to be very beneficial for me. And the article that we're actually talking about this week is talking about H&M and how these big brands are kind of, you know, jumping onto the sustainability wagon. And I think we did speak about this previously and how we find it a bit funny, you know, that most of them have caused the damage that they've caused and are now, you know, backstepping and saying, join life, that's Zara or what was H&M's conscience line, you know? So what is your take on that? And and what is your vision for by rotation in terms of sustainability? I know a lot of people are saying H&M and Mango, Zara, et cetera, doing greenwashing. And, you know, it is true to a certain extent. Um, But I think for me, because we do really say that we're, you know, we want to go for the mainstream audience. We want to include everyone. It is actually beneficial to me that H&M cares about sustainability and they're spreading the word of conscious fashion because I'm sure there's always going to be a group of consumers that will always shop at H&M and you know, Primark yeah, and Zara and all of that. Yeah. But I think there's a group of people who are becoming a bit more aspirational and are becoming a bit more mindful about where, you know, where they choose to spend their money who will start thinking, okay, you know what, I do shop at H&M and this does seem kind of wrong and I know that this stuff is still being made in you know made by laborers in poor conditions and what if i start renting instead because apparently rental can cost the same as buying a dress from zara or h&m so i really think that for us our competitors so as to say are the high street brands that sort of sell dresses for 50 pounds that are only worn once or twice in their life 
Whereas I can tell you to rent something for about 30 pounds for the weekend and it's a high quality dress. Um, so I, I do actually think that they're helping in the conversation and I want to use that to get okay. those people on board to the bi rotation vision. And our vision being that, you know, um, we do want to transform the way that people consume fashion. Uh, we do want people to share rather than own. And we do want people to consume quality fashion where people being are, aren't being taken advantage of. Um, so it's not just about cheap, 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 you know. Um, and therefore also sort of, you know, updating their wardrobe less themselves. Uh, and when they do actually want a new look, it's, it's by having a style match on the mm. app. Um, and I do want us to be a global app at one day, you know, that's why we do say we are like the Airbnb of mid to luxury fashion. Uh, we're not really bound to the UK. That's not our goal only. Okay. And uh, yeah, and, and, and I mentioned this before, but um, I want us to sort of have like a local vibe to it where we might be a global app, but we have local communities in different countries and different cities and, you know, people do their own thing. They rotate with each other. Um, and therefore you don't really need to spend a lot in like delivering or you know transporting items either going off of this glocal uh, word that you you mentioned um is actually really interesting because at this stage I'm, I'm guessing that you're expanding locally and as well as thinking globally so what would you say is next for by rotation and where would you see yourself in the next two to five years or where would you like to be in terms of growth so I think definitely within the year, given that our app just launched about two and a half months ago, uh, we are, and, and I mentioned this, that we will be doing community events across the UK. We want to go on a roadshow. Um, and I do want to make sure that we have the UK covered well. I think a lot of times um, cities outside the London sort of get ignored. Yeah. And I've lived in Edinburgh for two years. Oh, wow. and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting how um, there are a lot of people there who would subscribe to this idea but but it's just not it, you know it seems like it's not reachable to them so i want to make sure that they are aware that you can list items from edinburgh manchester york or we had someone um rent one of my items from perth the other day or walsall uh, or carlisle even i'm learning wow. a lot of different places yeah. in the uk and i and i love that and i i want to go on a road trip i want to meet these people you know i want them to buy into the buy rotation uh, way of consuming fashion so that that's definitely our goal for the next year and i would say for the next two to five years we do see us expanding in different countries already sorry that's, no that's crazy yeah yeah do you want me to do the blue sequin one as well yeah. I thought that's, still got the that's both no no that's one of them sorry it's bootstrapping you know yeah. like so you're still kind of like thinking about every how, do, how does that work like in terms of I borrow and I you're in London yeah. and someone else wants to borrow something and they're like one of the locations you mentioned does by rotation handle the you know transportation from here to yeah so we're a peer-to-peer -peer lending app and we don't have a centralized sort of um, like you know storage facility or anything yes. yeah so everything so if you're sitting some you're sitting in Perth mm -hmm. and I'm in London mm -hmm. and you want to borrow my Gucci bag I'd add a postage fee and I'll send it to you okay. and it'll be recorded and signed by you nice yeah. and actually yeah. it's funny enough because the bag is now in Carlisle and it's been all over the country it's doing its own sort of road trip without wow. me <laughs> I love that because like a lot of now my a lot of my items my wardrobe have their own story this is crazy this wow. is wow. The, the rotating bag the rotating dress <laughs> yeah. you know and it just kind of makes sense i mean that bag i only have two arms and i don't you i don't really care handbags yeah. on both my arms yeah. though yeah wow no that's really interesting so you touched on how you built something that in theory you could house any kind of product which is great if 
you were to choose to pivot further down the line. However, does that mean that it could expand from just fashion into other industries or is that just not what you're looking at doing? So we're actually known to be UK's first fashion rental app and that too peer to peer. Um, the next thing we're really working on is getting men's stuff on it as well because we do have men's categories on there. Okay. There's no reason not to include yeah. men. I mean, Moss Brothers, that's an entire thing that needs to be it's disrupted, crazy. right? Yeah. Um, I do love them. My husband does love them. But at the same time, when we were there um, a couple of weeks ago, to he wanted to rent a tux. He wanted to rent one of those nice velvet ones because mm-hmm. someone stole his recently. Oh, my God. And they said, no, these are to buy. You can only rent the black standard ones. Oh. And the whole reason to rent is well, maybe because you want to wear like a Tom Ford dinner jacket just for a night because it's yeah, fancy, exactly. but you don't want to buy it. Um, so I feel like that's a whole thing that market. needs to be disrupted. Yeah. But I think our focus is very much on fashion. Um, you know, that, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll move on to things like maternity lines or, you know, kids or something. But yeah. um, we're keeping things very focused. Mm-hmm. At the moment. By rotation is on Android and iOS and it works really well on Android, might I say. You can find the company at By Rotation Official. Uh, give us a follow or a like or whatever. And uh, my personal account yep. is aren't you Ishita? Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fit. For more updates, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at eFitter app or follow us with the hashtag TheFitPod. Don't forget to like us, rate us, comment, engage however you listen to your podcasts. It's really important for us so that we can get the word out there. See you soon. Bye.